What's up, Coordination? How you doing? We are continuing our series on civil resistance, FIFA La Civil Resistance. The point of civil resistance is to get to more one human, one vote DAOs, more democratic DAOs uh, that could enable Gini coefficient measurements, UBI, quadratic voting, quadratic funding. And I have as a guest on the pod today, Victor from Human Node, which is a quite interesting civil resistance project. They are working on a biometric approach to civil resistance and have a decentralized network that they're going to be launching soon related to that. So Victor is extremely smart. He's got skills in all these different areas and is pushing forward Human Node, which is a one human, one node system. So uh, I hope that you enjoy this episode with Victor from Human Node. I found it quite interesting. Enjoy. Refi summer has arrived and Celo is here for it. Celo is the layer one blockchain for the regenerative finance movement. It's fast, planet positive, and built for the real world. Celo has committed towards producing a sustainable future from the very beginning and is the world's first carbon negative EVM compatible layer one blockchain. Celo has become much more than a technology, a currency, a community, or even just a layer one. Celo is a movement to create conditions of prosperity for everyone. You can soon engage with all of this via green asset Uniswap pools on Celo, benefiting reforestation and other regenerative products through the Toucan protocol, Moss, and more. ReFi is also about the health of communities and resource network is creating bankless infrastructure for circular trade and mutual credit networks to benefit small businesses and local economies all on Celo. Follow along on Twitter to learn more about how Celo is accelerating ReFi summer for a positive impact on people, communities, and the planet. If you're attending ECC, visit the Celo Saloon to learn about what's happening on the front lines of ReFi from industry experts. The Opera Crypto Browser is the world's first web browser built for the crypto community. With Web3 support and a non-custodial wallet, Opera lets you access DeFi apps quickly and easily. The Opera wallet has buy, sell, and swap features, and of course lets you view your beautiful NFTs, but the browser still lets you use any crypto wallet extension you prefer, giving you the choice and flexibility for the Web3 world. Opera lets you view and manage all of your assets across all the blockchains all at once, and offers seamless multi-chain support between Ethereum, Bitcoin, Polygon, Binance Chain, and other EVMs and Layer 2s. But Opera goes even deeper than that. Opera has a built-in homepage for crypto natives with the Opera Crypto Corner with price charts, news feeds, NFT updates to make sure you are always on top of your game. And it even has Discord and Telegram integrated natively into the browser. That's crazy. Opera is truly building the battle station for the crypto world. Check out Opera both on mobile with Android and iOS apps and on desktop too. All right. I am here with Victor from Human Node. What's up, Victor? Hey, doing great. How about you, Kevin? Pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited to, to talk to you about Human Node. So can you tell me like how you got into crypto and how you came to be a part of Human Node? Okay, well, uh, crypto was uh, pretty, pretty on hype at our university in 2013. That's when we got it, but there was nothing but uh, Bitcoin and a few others. So we didn't really get into that full time until the smart contracts became a thing in uh, 2016, when we started to research nonstop uh, we gathered a team of uh, analysts still working there. Uh, and actually now we're doing not only crypto research, but on other convergent sciences, because, you know, the innovation is always uh, in between right now. I had a few projects uh, in crypto. The previous one was to facilitate the uh, staking, basically for regular users uh, to make it easy. But... Uh, since 2017, uh, me and my founder Dato, co-founder for 10 years already, we clearly understood that, unfortunately, the crypto infrastructure is not uh, really decentralized due to its uh, capitalistic nature. And we always wanted to change that, but 
had no idea how. And this is how in 2020, we started working on Humanoid, to, well, which I will tell you about later, I suppose. Right, got it. So it's not just about crypto only, it's more about a convergence. And it was these insights that, that led to, to Humanoid. So, I mean, what got you pulling the thread of, of Humanoid specifically? Uh, well, uh, I'm one of the founders, right? So it was uh, looking through different sciences to solve the question how we can create a system where one person cannot launch more than one node to mm. finally bring proper distribution to the most important thing to the crypto infrastructure and the servers it runs on. And uh, we've been following biometrics for a while and there were so many achievements in that field in terms of increase of accuracy, in terms of uh, finding out if there's a real human in front of the camera, as well as a lot of research and privacy of biometrics, which is crucial for the crypto. When we understood that it is finally there and it's getting better each year with a great pace, uh, we kind of started to think about the architecture of how we can create a network like that. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like sort of solving the not one human, one vote question, but one human, one node. Uh, I'm just piecing it together from the Dave human node here. So, <laughs> well, uh, it also applies to the one human, one vote, right? But uh, in our heads, I mean, if the crypto infrastructure is not decentralized itself, right? All the one person, one vote system we build on on a, a capitalistic system, which is not decentralized, what was the reason for it? I think we should care about each of the layers, including the most basic one. So it, it goes two ways. Uh, we're talking about uh, private biometric solutions here, where we can verify that the person is unique and real with uh, pretty high accuracy. But uh, yeah, at the same time, it works both for the infrastructure so we can check it before granting access to launch node to the person. Uh, that's what we focused on. But as we were building this, uh, one of the first private biometric solutions uh, in the whole biometric industry, not talking about crypto particularly, we understood that it can be applied to so many projects that need it right now to fight Sybil in order to save their economies. Mm. Got it. So uh, how, how does the mechanism work? I'm kind of poking through your deck right now and it talks about a unique list, uniqueness check and a, and a liveness check. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious how the mechanism works. So yeah, th these are the two uh, major things that biometrics are based on. So uh, first thing is uh, matching one person, like comparing it to all the other people to see if he's unique. This is a neural network. Basically, that checks if you are same or not, uh, and this is a probabilistic neural network, but uh, as you can see, the accuracy has gone pretty high. So uh, mm. a chance that another person would enter, for example, your account is uh, one in 125 million uh, this year. So last year, it was just one in 10 million, and soon it will get to 7 billion, where we can be pretty sure that we can check that this is you. Uh, and uh, the other part, which actually, why we didn't do that in 2017, because it was not there at all, 
uh, is called in biometrics liveness checks. Uh, it checks whether there is a real human being through many computer vision models, like in front of the camera. Uh, we're talking about facial recognition only because it's the most accurate for now. Uh, and uh, well, it uses 50 different modules to see how the uh, light uh, bends on your face, see the small movements of your face. And uh, it, is also, it captures this liveness data during the session. And uh, it actually protects us from uh, spoofing an identity that doesn't exist. So we call it artifacts in biometrics. This can be a face mask. That's how we usually uh, try different biometric providers. This uh, can be a Wax doll. This can be a hacker trying to bypass the video feed and uh, like inject a deep fake, for example. So this is also right. something that, that we can check during the like five to 10 second process of uh, taking your biometrics. So these are the two things that are like all bi major biometric companies are doing. And the thing that they didn't care a lot before recently is privacy. And this is completely another task to complete in order to achieve private biometric solutions for civil resistance. Right. Okay, cool. How do you, do you worry at all about the sort of like dystopian uh, problems with biometrics if they're not sort of like the data is managed in a private way? You know, you, you have like biometric stuff that's kind of like immutable attached to you. And I know that there's a lot of privacy concerns around biometrics. Like, how do you think about privacy? Well, I, actually, our developers think that this battle, mm, this is a battle we already lost, but we still mm. have to fight for it because right, right now there, there is no privacy in biometrics whatsoever. Uh, companies don't care about it. Even, even large banks don't care about it. So, uh, and uh, yeah, this is something we fight for. This is something that uh, we have already implemented in the first version where we based it on uh, hardware, like trust execution environments, right? But in the second version, what we want to do is uh, completely open source uh, biometric neural networks, which do both mm -hmm. liveness and uh, uniqueness checks. And uh, they are processed by the nodes who have no idea what's inside because every layer of the neural network is encrypted. Mm -hmm. So, well, this is something what we need to do to protect us from this dystopian future you, you're talking about. Uh, some of the dystopian events are, of course, the control of your biometrics by governments or corporations. But uh, if we go further and think about the general AI problem, right? So uh, it, basically, if we don't have that control of the infrastructure uh, by people, that means that, well, if we still have capital-based control, he can buy it out and control all the ledgers we have. And if he has our biometric data, if it's not encrypted, he can again use our biometric data to get control. I see. So, okay. you know, both blockchains and biometrics can lead to dystopia or to for the future we, we strive for. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, cool. So it sounds like you're working on it, but you're at kind of like a disadvantage because there's other projects working in the space that aren't spending a lot of time on privacy. So it's 
it's it it sounds like it's it's sort of something that that uh that you're managing or at least trying to yeah like at, at least a year ahead so how many people are are using human node right now oh so uh our test nets were running for 10 months now we mm. had uh, more than uh, 10k people participating as human nodes uh, participating in consensus validating transactions and uh, we also made them scan their faces regularly every three days actually in the first testnet in, mm. in order to make sure that these people are still there you know, to uh, fight the problems uh, of uh, dead people running nodes and receiving fees when they don't need it anymore or to fight the problems of Indian farmers who just uh, we call it so because we had an inquiry like that a year ago uh, the mm. person wanted just to go to many, many farmers out there and uh, make them human nodes. Mm. So uh, over 10K people ran nodes. Uh, right now we have proper consensus with finalization with uh, 800 people running it for now. The interesting part was that we really cared about privacy, but we uh, it wasn't there 10 months ago. And we explicitly told everybody, well, we have no privacy. And you will have no incentive. So you're doing it completely mm. because of the idea. And mm. uh, people still went for it. They, most of them don't really care about privacy. Only anonymous developers and privacy geeks who really read the cryptography papers every week, I think, really care about yeah. it. But the majority yeah, of the population like does not. Yeah, it's like one of those things where you're going through one of these use cases. Maybe you just want to get a reward for putting in your biometric data and you're not thinking about the second order effects of what if my biometric data is out there. And, you know, especially we're very privileged to not be living paycheck to paycheck working in this space. But I think that there might be people out there who are just trying to survive week over week. And, and so it's like a second order effect, uh, effect. Um, uh, that's how I think about it. I'm, I'm curious if you think about it differently though. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't have problems to, to pay checks really, but I also don't care about my privacy a lot. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, well, sometimes if the biometric protocol is really bad, right, and uh, mm -hmm. you take the data from it, then you bring it to another really bad biometric pro protocol, mm -hmm. you, well, it actually can be used by just, uh, you know, using your photo. But if you're mm -hmm. talking about a good biometric protocol, well, uh, you know, liveness and, 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 and your unique traits, they go together only. So if you take my unique traits, if you even make a mask out of my face, but I won't be there as a human, you won't be able to enter the account. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's all about education of people on how biometrics work, especially mm -hmm. because they all work differently. Right. Okay. We're, so, uh, so what's next for y'all? What's on the roadmap? On the roadmap uh, is actually the mainnet launch. Pretty yeah. soon, uh, in, in September, October, because mm -hmm. we've been testing that a lot. And uh, we finally, I think, are ready to launch the first network without proof of stake, proof of work. Anybody can mm -hmm. join and uh, participate. Uh, the thing is that, of course, uh, there are scalability issues as for any project out there in the crypto market. And uh, if there will be too many people that want to go and join the network uh, they will have to go through other different actions to get there so it's not only about biometric checks 
uh, in current blockchains, it's all about capital, right? It's all capital incentive. It's capital you have to bring to participate. We're taking like other forms of capital, not financial capital, for people to take part in the network. It's not only about checking the human existence, but also are they participating in governance, yes or no? Are they mm -hmm. proposing ideas or executing on them, yes or no? And by this mm. way, you're able to stay in the validator set because it will be limited mm. uh, until we update the consensus. Okay, got it. Um, seems like the details are fairly ironed out at this point. Uh, is there any alpha you can leak about, leak about the uh, the network and the mainnet launch at this point, or should we all uh, wait for the for the main announcement? Uh, well, there is not the exact date, so should yeah. just join the network right now. Try it out and uh, see what is it becoming human out because otherwise it, it's hard to understand even from people who have been crypto industry for three years unless they go through it themselves and now biometrics are private mm -hmm. uh, you can understand like what bitcoin is unless you send the first one mm. okay got it so uh where could you go play play with it i think the the website is humano.io yeah, you can see the test nets there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, uh, people who are listening to this on audio probably can't see it, but your brand is just really incredible. You've got these really kind of futuristic line line art, and it's very beautiful, the brand that you all put together for this. Thanks. Yeah, the, the only task we gave to our designer is do something completely different. Not like crypto, not these nodes, you know. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, you know, uh, how do you how do you sort of see civil resistance in the Web3 ecosystem evolving? My my sort of take is that there's a bunch of different players trying a bunch of different approaches and some are biometric, some are web of trust, some are proof of liveliness. And I, I'm just kind of curious to see how it all fits together when the, uh, you know, like when when we start spinning this flywheel of more users who have one human, one vote expectations and that drives more dApps to have one human one vote as part of them you know what is what is your sort of vision for for human node being maximally successful or civil resistance in web3 being maximally successful well of course uh, you, you shouldn't rely just on one technology uh, mm -hmm. it's all about cooperating together mm -hmm. I actually have seen the, the proof humanity also uh, trying the biometric checks but they just put the simple neural network there which uh, could be fooled by photos but still uh we're working with projects mm -hmm. in in ubi space as well mm -hmm. who have web of trust model which uh, works uh, pretty fine unless you can spoof a lot of identities that all trust each other mm -hmm. and uh, the only way to well Get it really secure is the combination, of course. Uh, I do not believe a lot into Turing tests where you have to go and do the tasks that can be bought for five cents to solve them on, on Mechanical Turk. But mm -hmm. the web of trust with certain thresholds combined with biometric checks is great tandem. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. But, um, you know, so, so getting out of the mechanics of civil resistance, though, what is the utility you think this, this brings to everyday users in the space to have, to have these passports out? Like, once we've solved the checks, wh what do people get? I mean, I guess, like, UBI is one thing that you talked about. Yeah. 
UBI is just one thing. Uh, we can solve uh, the airdrop problem, right? Because it is. Sibyl mm. is a big problem there. Um, I mean, we already had project on using our biometric tech, uh, creating NFT minter, so to say, which checks that mm -hmm. NFT goes just to one person, not like 10 NFTs to one person. And uh, there are things uh, we can do in DeFi when the whales come and they repull the rewards out of the reward pool uh, mm -hmm. so that you could limit them per person. Then mm -hmm. uh, we had like 20 ideas of what you can build with civil resistant tech. Uh, we think that there is no proper uh, MMORPG still uh, on blockchain with normal gaming economy because MMO economies are broken with rapid inflation, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the only thing you can do that is by also limiting the activity of the bots who mm -hmm. lead to this inflation. Uh, I mean, the ideas come every week to us what else we can do with civil resistant tech. Of course, yeah. uh, DAOs is the most evident thing. And yeah. well, we will see a lot of, you know, DAOs even emerging on top of current DAOs, because uh, you have seen awful cases when team just says this wallet is uh, under our control now because we have enough votes to do anything with our network. And mm. uh, well, this at least if if not changed right away, it should be indicated by real community where you have uh, this signaling uh, one person, one vote, DAOs, which mm -hmm. do not really execute anything, but still the community can mm -hmm. clearly see that the direction of the community is different from the direction of the whales or the founders. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? We can, with, with civil resistance, we can actually establish the checks for proof of stake networks as well. So mm -hmm. in Ethereum, due to the fact that there is a 32 F per node, you never know how many nodes one person keeps, right? You mm -hmm. also have uh, the centralization points due to those who help people with less Ethereum uh, stake mm -hmm. their ETH through the third provider. We could, uh, well, we could tell, hey, people, if you want to see how really this network is decentralized and who it belongs to, please go and like verify that you're a validator of these nodes uh, and like only one person stays behind it. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we will never really know the Nicomoto coefficient of Ethereum and how many people is needed to coordinate to hold the network. CoinShift is a leading treasury management and infrastructure platform for DAOs and crypto businesses who need to manage their treasury operations. Every crypto org needs to manage their treasury, and CoinShift offers a simple, flexible, and efficient multi-chain treasury management platform built on top of the extremely secure Gnosis Safe. With CoinShift, your organization can go from primitive single-chain treasuries to expressive, flexible, multi-chain features such as global user management, global contracts, proposal management, and many other features that can be shared across an entire organization. CoinShift layers on powerful treasury management tools on top of the proven security of Gnosis Safe, allowing users to save time and reduce operational burdens and gas costs. CoinShift even has data tools like account reporting across the seven chains on which it operates. Used by industry powerhouses such as Uniswap Grants, Balancer, Consensus, and Mazari, CoinShift is speeding up the coordination and efficiency of the organizations that use it. In DeFi, you have to keep up with the frontier and CoinShift makes that easy. So sign up at coinshift.xyz bankless.
Immutable X is the layer two platform for crypto gaming. Immutable offers massive scalability with up to 9,000 transactions per second and instant transaction confirmation. No more gas fees, no more waiting around for your transaction to clear. Immutable's zero knowledge rollup finally unlocks the world of crypto gaming. Immutable X is the only gas-free NFT minting platform with over 26 million NFTs minted, all with zero gas fees. With the power of Immutable, gaming developers don't also need to become smart contract developers. They just need to plug in to Immutable's API and instantly start unlocking the full potential of crypto assets inside of games. This is why world-class companies and projects have decided to deploy on Immutable X like GameStop, Ember Sword, Planet Quest, Alluvium, TikTok, and many more behind the scenes. So start building your game on Immutable X today at immutable.com. So it seems like you're sort of pretty long on on like UBI and and like one human one ver- vote DAOs. Civil resistant airdrops would be huge. Maybe staking uh, some of these L1s could be civil resistant. And oh. that like it's it's sort of like that horizon of 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 apps is what is is going to be enabled if if human node and other apps are, are are successful here. That's something what just right now in my mind as, as major problems. But mm-hmm. there's also a lot of fun you can do. So one of our team members came up with a wonderful game, which for some reason wasn't yet created. That uh, is like when you enter the game, you have just one life per one person. Then you die mm-hmm. and that's the end of the game. So there are more <laughs> interesting, funny things you can do with civil resistance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Got it. Is is and and how do you think of it? Like, are you all going to build some of those dot, uh, apps at Human Node, or you just want to ex- expose an API, the civil resistance layer, and enable other developers to do that? Well, of course, that's uh, what we already did in the demo mode because we're not in the main yeah. net yet. But mm. uh, there are like five good projects that have already built in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the hackathon, of course, yeah, we, we're providing them with the API, so to say API, yeah. uh, more like biometric service. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, man, you should talk to the people at Gitcoin DAO. They just launched a proof of personhood passport called Gitcoin Passport. And that'd be an interesting integration for Gitcoin DAO to, to consider. Yeah, for sure. Uh, may I ask you a question regarding this? So this okay. is what me and, and uh, my like friends and lists from Republic were really interested in. Mm-hmm. In uh, Gitcoin Passport, you have, for example, eight options of uh, proving you're a real person. Stamps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, is there at least one which you have to go through 100% or not? Because I uh, could, for example, if there are eight options, I could have eight identities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I think that Gitcoin DAO is still working through uh, a lot of how this is going to work. And I should say, uh, I think I'm known as the founder of Gitcoin, but I've actually just affiliated from leadership in the DAO. So I'm not speaking <laughs> on behalf of the DAO when I answer You're here. You're already centralized. Yeah, well, working on it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, part of the idea, I, I think, is is on Gitcoin DAO, there's a trust bonus, which basically every Gitcoin grants contribution will be metered up or metered down by how civil mm. resistant you are. And then, you know, there's also a fraud defense team that is doing data analysis and looking for the civil attackers and trying to find them. But I think that the, the final destination of where this is going might be around something like a cost of forgery for an identity or uh, a, a personhood score. And basically the idea is that 
you've got uh, eight stamps in your passport and maybe each individually stamp is worth 10 cents, $1, $10, $100. So if you do all of them, then you have $110 in, no, $111 in, in 10 cents worth of civil resistance. And that would enable you to get that much amount of matching. And so, you know, if you're that one person and you have eight different identities with eight different stamps, then you would have an identity with 10 cents, $1, worth of matching. And so, you know, choose which way you, how you want your identity to compound. So it's it's early days, but I think that's how they're thinking about doing it. And, you know, if you have any feedback, there's Gitcoin Dow people who listen to this podcast, I'm sure, who who may have comments on that. The the, the feedback is that um, if there is a a person who came, he registered, like he got three points out of 10, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. But he was a scammer indeed. Mm. And uh, he just took the money. He never delivered. For some reason, it happened. Of course, there are some protection things that you put in place. But still, how can mm. you ban this person from creating another account and going through the verifications of other civil resistance yeah. providers? There is no way. This is you know, why asking this question, because if you want to really ban a person, there should be one at least method, which is which should be used 100% by every grantee. So mm-hmm. this is the only thing I wanted to say here. Yeah, I think that that uh, is interesting feedback, and maybe we can pass that along to the people at Gitcoin out who are working on this. I do think that um, you know how, like, whether there's AND gates or OR gates on each of those individual stamps is something that's in, t- subject to intense, vigorous debate. But then there's a question of who even makes the legitimate decision of how these stamps compound with each other. And then you get into kind of like some governance questions there, but also acknowledging that anytime you have an economic system that has any value in it, that there's going to be uh, people who attack it. And so looking away from trying to create the perfect system to creating this like red team, blue team type exercise in which the attackers attack the system, the blue team studies the data, goes back to governance, makes changes to it, and then the system evolves like every epoch is kind of, I think, how Gitcoin DAO is thinking about it. But, um, you know, maybe there's a more solid way to s- solve it in one fell swoop with with biometrics. Any comments on that? I feel like we've we've flipped the switch and now you're interviewing me, which is not what I intended. But the TikTok okay. between Gitcoin and Human Node might be sort of interesting for people uh, since they're both working on civil resistance. Well, uh, I really don't have a clear answer to this. But uh, I think I would I would just go to Gitcoin DAO and talk on the forum, sort it out. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. That's how Gitcoin DAO does its governance. Um, any any sort of preview on how Human Node is going to do its governance? I mean, obviously there'll be civil resistance sort of baked yeah. into it, but how, how is how is that going to work? Well, uh, we wanted to to make the network democratic, right? So that one mm. person has one vote, but at the same time. Uh, there are certain limitations. I mean, let's start with the fact that many people can launch nodes, but not all of them will vote. Uh, mm-hmm. This leads to the fact that you can get enough uh, votes on proposals, the proposal gets stuck, and your system is ineffective. That's mm-hmm. why we decided that uh, those who do not actively vote, and the threshold is uh, 22% of uh, all the proposals, they are out of the quorum. To mm-hmm. always have the quorum out of at least active voters. Those who are not active can, can just delegate and uh, the quorum will be reached better. Then uh, the next point is that 
imagine tomorrow there will be like one small village anywhere in the world will coordinate put another 5,000 nodes in the network and it gets all the power now, right? So this way it could do anything to the network and we should protect from this thing as well. So what we did is that still everybody has one vote, but not everybody can propose on the things that can uh, damage the network on the, on the things that are crucial to the network. If you just entered the validator set, you can propose only on some minor things, but which are, which are really uh, crucial for community at the same time, product, mm -hmm. marketing, I don't know, partnerships, whatever. Uh, but if you want to put proposals uh, on on-chain voting, or for example, changing the structure of the DAO, changing the fee structure, or uh, changing the blockchain tech itself, consensus, for example, mm -hmm. you have to have a certain tier of governance, which we mm -hmm. base on two things, proof of time uh, running the node and participating in the voting, and proof of devotion, which is just an on-chain check, uh, whether you propose something and it got accepted, or whether you executed something as a developer of another's mm. person proposal. And okay. by that, you earn yourself a certain tier throughout time. So mm -hmm. for example, well, we keep the network more or less autocratic during the first mm -hmm. years, because otherwise it can all go wrong and the network will halt and die. Uh, we mm -hmm. don't want to do that, but in the four years time, many people will have the same rights as the founders and uh, they will be able to propose the things on changing the tech, changing the DAO itself, and the economic system. Okay. So Got it. So it sounds like... I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, it, it sounds like progressive decentralization. Yep, 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 exactly, exactly. It usually takes four years to build a republic, but you have to have autocracy in the beginning mm. to bootstrap it. it. Cool. Uh, that's that's all the questions I had for you. I'm curious if there's anything that I didn't ask that you want to say. Well, uh, actually, as with the other people on the podcast, I thought we'd be talking more about the the world as is, you know, how it can change yeah. it, and mm. uh, the what what want to change in crypto because apparently it went wrong way, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Apart from few projects that uh, often are underfunded, that's what, of course, uh, Gitcoin wants to solve. But mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to comment of uh, where the industry went wrong, right? So uh, first, it was all right, uh, even when we came up with uh, and started proof of stake network, it still seemed mm -hmm. all right. But when we had this. Uh, mm, DeFi tokens reward on reward on reward coming out. I yeah. think that uh, people are thinking too much about the positive loops. But the mm -hmm. positive loops in their systems, like you do this, you get more, then you get more from the other source. And the positive loops uh, work great if, uh, if it goes up, right? If everything is going well, it uh, is getting better and better, accelerates. But mm -hmm. as in our today's 
like uh, boom and bust credit cycles, right? Mm-hmm. In traditional yeah. economy, uh, when things go down, uh, the positive loop makes things go down really, really far. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is. I had that idea in my mind that we should do completely. We should do it in completely opposite way. We shouldn't mm-hmm. create positive loops, but negative loops to have stable growth and, and sustainable growth without much of ups and downs to, mm-hmm. for the network to grow at the pace of its uh, productivity growth, not the mm-hmm. pace of its hype growth. Mm. Got it. Yeah, I um. I I don't know how to engineer that, but it's quite an interesting idea. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm an economist. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, this is something you can get from the complex system modeling as an engineer, right? And uh, actually test out those systems. We actually think that eventually, if we will be wise humanity, well, this is what we should think uh, of on, on a macro scale of our economies, of national economies. Mm-hmm. You, you see, we should make the cycles uh, smaller, not not bigger. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, otherwise, you went up a lot, then you wasted a lot of money that you created on the stuff that you don't need. And mm-hmm. then you go down a lot and you also had a lot of environmental impact while going through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, there's a lot of criticisms of Web3. I feel like it's evolving in a bunch, a bunch of different directions at once. And, you know, you can program your values into your money, right? And there's a whole spectrum of human values and they're going to evolve in multiple different directions. But what I think is neat is that someone like you can take the value system that you have and bootstrap an economy based off of that. And there's kind of a merit-based approach of, you know, what's the GDP of the human node economy? And and uh, there's an evolutionary sort of fitness game between it and, and someone else. So um, I'm not saying that uh, I don't want to brush aside that your criticisms. I think they're valid. But that's kind of like my my macro view on the space is is that everyone's sort of experimenting and and hopefully the ecosystem selects for the right winners. But I'm actually not very optimistic on that. You see the growth of stuff like Terra Luna. And, and meanwhile, there's public goods that can't get funded. It makes you a little bit less optimistic about the market selection me- mechanism. Yeah, I mean, but if we keep developing and uh, with our this uh, more stable, you know, systems, Eventually, in five years' time, we could match those who are growing on hype like mushrooms. Mm. So we just have to survive and uh, keep building, I think, without getting a lot of hype uh, for no reason. Yeah. Because eventually, those things that are starting slow are those who survive. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that... Um... You know, slow and steady wins the race is the children's tale of the tortoise and the hare. But one of the things that I sort of saw with these these like giant uh, Ponzi things like like Terra is that they collapse uh, sort of on their own. And then the ones that are left standing are the ones that were sort of slowly and steady build it building. And, you know, there's everywhere in between those two things. But so so maybe it's not even going faster than them. It's just waiting for them to implode because their growth was cancerous and unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just hope that after all these lessons, uh, we won't do the same things again. 
and uh, kind of research negative loops instead of positive loops. Yeah, totally. What's that whole saying? Once bitten, twice shy. Uh, so at least within human memory of of what's recently happened, then then at least hopefully uh, like people will not make the same mistakes. But I, I I find the the idea of the fourth turning quite compelling. Basically, the idea that there's only three living generations in my family: my kids, myself, and my parents. And so you have a fourth turning every fourth generation of human memory. Of of people forget history, and so you know maybe it's it's going to differ as you know people have shorter attention spans with the internet and everything like that. But that's kind of how I how I think about that evolution. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it it, it will be even less soon. And the only thing we can change it with is education. Uh, yeah, this is the main thing that we have in our world. This is the root thing that can change how we live. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting to see the evolution, and um, you know, I'm I'm really interested to see human node evolve, and can't wait to see how it turns out uh, in in the end. So we'll be looking forward to the mainnet launch. Um, let me know if you want an intro to the people at Gitcoin DAO to do an integration from uh, the Gitcoin DAO side of things, and 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 yeah, I guess is there anything else to say? Any any sort of parting thoughts? Closing well. Uh... Not really. I, I said everything, but I just wanted to share with you the pretty interesting thing we came up with. So, even though it is uh, looking for its future, like long ahead, we're also fans of uh, neurotechnology. Mm. Uh, just for a final note and for people to have something to say to their friends, we, uh, as you have heard, Neuralink uh, is testing its technology mostly on pigs. So, one day we think. Mm. We will have the biometric authorization from the and biometric signatures right from our brain and from the uh, brain computer interfaces. So mm. we actually one day want to launch the testnet uh, on proof of pigs, not proof of humans, <laughs> to test out the yeah, uh, yeah. blockchain uh, running what, what, on. Uh, there's there's probably a lot of memes in there. Of uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. Just one day, want to test out the blockchain running on brain computer interfaces because we think that's that's where we're going. Yeah, that's really crazy. Uh, I, I studied HCI, which for the uninitiated stands for human computer interaction in college, and there's some really wild stuff that you can do there. But uh, as soon as you said uh, proof of fig, my mind was just filled with one pig, one vote memes. Uh, <laughs> So well, uh, I it, think they won't vote, but we at least can get some uh, universal basic income for them. Uh, okay, universal basic truffles. I don't know. This is probably a good great place to wrap the episode because uh, yeah. <laughs> we're descending into delirium. But um, it was so great to have you on the on the pod, man. I'm I'm just really passionate about civil resistance, and I know you are too. And I think it's going to create a more democratic Web three. So thank you for your work in the space, and looking forward to seeing how it grows. Thank you for it, Kevin. We'll make it together. Um, where, okay, so last question. Where uh, where can people find you online? Humannode.io? Human is there is there anything else? Uh, Humannode.io, and then you go to social channels. Twitter, Discord. Discord is very active. Yeah. Got it. Okay, and uh, so just uh, Humannode on Twitter. Is that right? Sure, sure, it is. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, Victor. See you on the Ethernet.